0: Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Kean Miller. How's it going today, Kian? Uh, Going well. How about you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, it, it's been a rough week, as you and I have discussed several times over the last week, because we originally had you scheduled about, uh, what was it, Wednesday, something like that? Yeah. And then Saturday, yeah it just didn't get any better after that but finally got you on so i'm excited to sit down and chat with you um so before we kind of jump into everything i want to thank you for sticking by and uh, uh joining me and i'm really ex- like i mentioned really excited uh so first off Can you kind of, for the people that aren't really familiar with who you are, the people that listen to my podcast, can you give us a little brief introduction on who you are? Kind of like a comic book origin story, if you will.
1: Uh, The comic book. I need to get some uh, little illustrations behind me then. (laughs) uh, I've I've been really blessed in my career. I started with music. uh, Then I also went into dance and performing. And so my whole life, I've been really lucky to be able to support and do what I love. And um, I went from doing music to doing some TV shows when I was a kid, little local TV shows in the Louisville area, and then started doing theater and um, started touring and toured internationally with a couple of music groups. I was a singer with an orchestra and then went to New York after graduating uni, went from there doing some stage stuff and uh, then to LA doing some TV and film and started writing more music. And it's just kind of taken me around the world and that's my little story in a nutshell that uh, I started with music and I'm still doing it, which is what I love, but still also doing film and TV, TV gotcha. projects as well.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So what we were talking before we, we jumped on here, you're from um, Southern Indiana, yep. which I th- I feel like that entire region, Indiana, Illinois, it's either India, it's either Chicago or Indianapolis and then it's like everything else are like the <laughs> big references I get. So like my sister, she lives in, Oh boy. What's the name of the city? Um, Roselawn, Indiana. <laughs> and everybody asks her where she lives. And it's like, Oh, she just says Indianapolis. Cause that's like the most, cause if you tell anybody that's not from the area where Roselawn is, they're not gonna know. Same with me. I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. It's like, I'm from Chicago. No, well, no, I'm not really. But you know, is where well, I grew things. up.
1: I grew up on a farm outside. So I always say I'm from Louisville because <laughs> they call it Kentuckyana there because I'm yeah. across the river from Louisville, which there we say Louisville. But. um, but I grew up on a 100-acre farm basically with uh, milking, well, 88 acres mm-hmm. between my cousins who lived next door and my grandmother on the other side. And I milked cows by hand, and it was considered a hobby farm. So nice. I was a farm boy. So, But I always say I'm a Louisville boy.
0: Yeah. So did you go to, um, uh, what is it, Thunder over Louisville? Is that, is that the big fireworks? Yeah, show?
1: that's the big fireworks show. I've been there a few times, yeah. Nice.
0: So. I. I don't know why that automatically popped into my head. I've never been there and I've only heard about it a couple of times, but for whatever reason, that was the first thing that popped into my head was I was
1: surprised you knew it.
0: Yeah. So, well, yeah. because I lived in uh Bowling Green, Kentucky for about a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we had a lot of people that were from Louisville that uh, lived in, or that worked where I was at. And they would talk about this thing, Thunder over Louisville. And then I Never heard of it before I went there. Never heard of it since I've been there. So, you know, it's one of those things. It was like stuck to my head. And I was like, oh, I bet you he's been there. So,
1: yep, it's a big, you know, anytime you're anywhere where it's a local favorite yeah, and it's a huge celebration It lasts for several days. So they have the big fireworks. But even before that, they have music festivals, they have Mm -hmm. food festivals, everything just leads up to it. So it's a great it's a great communication or sorry, a great uh, community building. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so um who introduced you to music
1: my mom okay uh my dad loved to sing he never did anything professionally but he loved to sing at the top of his lungs like he would be singing in the shower he'd be singing as loud as he could at church he loved music but my mom when she was young she danced with the louisville ballet but she also did theater and um and plays and and sang and danced and I think it probably started with her mother, my grandmother, who was very influential to me. She started sewing when she was like nine, and she started sewing more and more professionally. And she actually was a seamstress with the Ringling Brother Barnum and Bailey oh, well. Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, to yeah. where she graduated up to making costumes for the lead acts. Oh, well. And so she became the seamstress. So I think that's where the showbiz bug, in a way, uh, hit her. And so with my mom and my aunt, we always were singing. There's eight kids in my family. I had seven siblings. And then my cousins, my mother's sister, has seven kids in her family. So they had a singing harmonies even when we were little. So they called us kind of like the family von Trapp. They called us, you know, our family, the family von Millers. <laughs> so I can't, I can't even remember a day that we weren't singing. Nice. So,
0: yeah. nice. so you grew up. Near Louisville, and then you and or started moving around the country as you grew up and started getting into music and performing and all that stuff, and now you're based out of you're out of New Zealand. You're in Christchurch, right?
1: Yes. Now, I mean, I just moved back to Christchurch. I was in the North Island for a little while. Okay.
0: Yeah. How did you How did you end up in New Zealand?
1: Um, Probably the shortest version of the story is I've been really fortunate. I've been uh, working around the world. So I was doing projects, You know, even though I was based out of LA for a long Mm -hmm. time, uh, I was doing projects, whether it be music or film or or show projects that I'd be on the production team or the creative team or performing. And uh, so I got to travel and I've traveled a big percentage of this planet. And I fell in love with New Zealand the first time I moved here people still looked you in the eye when they talked to you, strangers, you'd be in the supermarket and someone would hear my accent and they're like, Oh, where are you from? And the next thing, you know, 20 minutes later, five lines, four lines, all the lines around you, everybody's in this conversation and just nobody's saying, get on my way. I've got to hurry get out of the groceries. Your ice cream's melting in the bag. Nobody cared. And when people asked you, how were you, they mm-hmm. actually wanted to know. They wanted to wait and it reminded me of the way I grew up mm-hmm. and you don't, trust it for the first few days because you're like, Oh, they're just being friendly. But by the time my trip was over, I didn't want to leave. And so I went back and uh, went back to the States and I thought, yeah, this is, I kind of want to live that version of life again. Mm -hmm. And so I started the process and got really lucky. We applied and I got approved for residency and just kind of felt like the the Kiwi gods were saying, come on. And so four years ago.
0: Oh, and I, I was reading an article the other day. You guys are 100% COVID free at this point. You guys are pretty
1: much. I mean, they, they consider it that we had two months of lockdown, which, okay. you know, compared to the rest of the world is nothing, but they locked us down really hard at the beginning to capture mm-hmm. it. So we were, we have been COVID free. I think we had two cases and then they had, I don't know if it was nine. Or I shouldn't know the number more, but it's its very rare. But they're catching it when people come in. They're catching it at the border.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so even if I were to leave right now, I have to do major quarantine when I get back for two weeks. And they're being very picky about letting people in, uh, even even residents and, yeah. and you know citizens. And yeah. so, yeah, we're living pretty much closest to normal life that you can imagine compared to the rest of the world. You don't wear masks. You can hug everybody. You can... Yes you know, go out, they try to ask that you don't do more than a hundred people at a time, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting to sit here, especially all my loved ones and friends around the world uh, to sit at this perspective and have a normal life and just watch what's going on and yeah. blessings every day.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that, that's one of the uh, positive things about living on an Island essentially. Yep. Is, is... Well, that's
1: what they were worried though, because if we got it, if it came into the island, it would just decimate it. Yeah. You know, there are less people here than in Los Angeles by far. Yeah. I think it's just around 4 million, a little bit over. Oh. And so they really wanted to make sure they got anything and everything under control before we had a risk of wiping out the population
0: here. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, when you got such a small population like that, you got to take extreme precautions because one bad flu pandemic or, you know, just like, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point we weren't, when covid started coming around we didn't know if it was like the flu you know all that stuff so like one bad pandemic could wipe out the population of an entire island like that you know so no, yeah. yeah, i get it um so you released some music for the holidays you released a crisp you were a part of a um a compilation album of holiday music
1: Yes, it's uh, Blue Iris is a production company. I was one of the uh, owners originators of it, and it's a multifaceted production company. We do music, film, TV. We just do creative content, mm-hmm. and we originally were going to start bringing artists. Our our goal, since we're so much about community and rebuilding community, which I think is what is lacking a lot in society. Mm-hmm is that we wanted to build community. And so we were going to bring artists from the States, from mm-hmm. Europe and pair them with Kiwi artists so that s- some of the world that didn't know the Kiwi artists, they got an opportunity to showcase that. And so we were going to be doing all these live events and then because of COVID, it shut everything down. Sure. So we were like, what? how's the, the best way we can get something out there? And also to, to bring some joy to mm-hmm. the planet right now. And so we decided to do a Christmas album and uh, it was a compilation, it's all different genres. Uh, tons of artists We have artists from the states, from from the UK, from from New Zealand. We have Mike Crumpet, Mike Crumpus, who was with Smash Mouth, and um, a few others. And but he's an amazing producer. And then I got to bring in Kelly Moneymaker, who's an amazing songwriter
0: and producer. Actually, and, we have her on the podcast after you. So uh, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Good for you. She'll be a
0: great interview. Awesome. But uh, it was it was just to
1: bring them in and then work with our, our mixer in LA, Frank Rosado with Woodcliffe Studios, who's just the best. He's worked with some of the best in the business. But we just were really fortunate to have some really established musicians and, and music veterans come in so that we could also bring in some up-and-comers. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a new people here on the album, some Kiwi artists, other other artists around and it's just it was a really joyful experience I think everyone was so happy to be creating something positive Mm -hmm. that we laughed all the time and it just was literally one of the easiest projects I've ever been involved with in my life and I'm really fortunate.
0: Awesome so you're one of the founding members of Blue Iris? Yes Uh, yes. Um, How long has that kind of been around and moving? Well, we were doing a company but we actually just decided to open it as the production company this year so
1: it's it's been since about uh the end of july uh the company itself has been around for about three and a half years but we actually because of what happened with covid we decided to really just focus on that and so we restructured the company and opened it this
0: year awesome awesome and then as far as like you personally and your music what what's kind of the plan moving forward for 2021 um are you where are you kind of at creatively right now
1: creatively we're i'm writing a lot of new stuff um we will do a follow-up christmas album because we have other artists now that we want to bring in who want to be part of this uh the big thing with the album which we also wanted to give back is that we paired with futures without violence mm. which is a charity that's been around for 30 years and it's um they've uh You know, in terms of futures, I'm trying to think what, I'm sorry, I've lost my little train of thought here, but futures is... um, They have provided like groundbreaking programs and uh, policies and campaigns that empower individuals like myself or organizations working to end violence against women and children. Mm -hmm. And so 5% of the proceeds of the albums goes to that. And we are really excited because that was the other reason, along with bringing joy, what could we do to, to help change society? And domestic abuse has risen dramatically because of COVID. So... We started that with the Christmas album, so we'll do a second follow-up. And then I'm also working on to release an album, possibly this year. It'll mm-hmm. uh, be more within the the swing and the old crooning style, very Andy Williams, Bing Crosby, which yep. is what my songs are. So, yeah. when,
0: I, when I listened to your song on the uh, compilation album, that was the first thing that popped into my head was it sounded very jazz swingish like there's a little bit of a jazz element in swing music and the crooner effect you know so I definitely picked up on that right away so okay um so like when you sit down since you're in heavy in the writing phase right now um what's kind of your style when you write are you very strategic with your writing uh like do you are do you say okay I only have from eight to 10 tonight to write or are you just very free-flowing when something hits it hits like what's kind of your style
1: that's interesting. I, you know what, I think it's when I when I feel like I'm a little dry for the mm-hmm. moment that I, I'm not things aren't coming, then I do I put myself on a schedule and I just sit down at the piano, or I sit down, uh, sometimes the lyrics come first, but a lot of times it's a melody that that, mm-hmm. that pops first, and then it's a going with the style of the music of what the message of the song I want to do. And, but so I try to make myself as a writer, write every day. Uh, I think it was Diane Warren who said, you know, you write a hundred songs and you might be lucky if one is good. Yeah. And so the thing is just keep writing and get that muscle exercised. And so I, when I'm, when things aren't just coming to me easily, I just sit down and I go through melodies and I record them or I write. Uh, lyrics and I just throw ideas most of the time with me thank goodness the the muses kind of come in when I'm not expecting it so I get all these ideas when I'm driving when I'm sitting somewhere and so I always keep my phone I used to keep a recorder but I keep a phone and a pad I keep a pen and pad by my bed at night uh, because I'm actually one of those old style that I like to write it helps me remember it better and then I type it in so yeah
0: Yeah. well because it's like, I completely get that part. Like I talked to a lot of musicians and they're still very much a pen and pad, pen to paper type situation is what they do. Um, oh, did I lose you? Hold on a minute.
1: There you are. You came back. Okay. Uh, I was like,
0: you, you were like blinking for a really long time and I'm sitting here speaking and I'm like, wait, I think I lost him. No, this can't be right. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about that. That's, the, that's one, the other thing about being on a small island. The internet is not predictable here. Oh, it's all good. No, I was going to say, um, what I was saying was, I, I talked to a lot of musicians that are still very much pen to paper. It like They'll still have their phones to kind of um, take audio notes or whatever. Oh, he's down. Da- Okay, I think you're back. All right. All right.
1: You're back. There go.
0: So you were talking to musicians who are pen to paper. Yeah, but they and... still keep their phone um and do audio notes and what have you. So you know it, it that that's not very uncommon. Um
1: okay. All what right. I was saying was, it makes it very tangible, and mm-hmm. it kind of connects to my body when when I when I keep it physical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you.
0: Cool. I, <laughs> sorry, the the internet thing threw me off a little bit, and but it's we'll, we'll get through it. We'll ride through it. Um. So, you, you're working on your own personal album. You're getting ready for the follow up of the Christmas album. Um. Mm-hmm what's kind of key well obvious are since covid's not really affecting new zealand right now are you guys still are you guys able to get out and do live shows is that a thing that's happening yeah.
1: Yeah. yes How- they for a while even when after the first you know 2 months 8 weeks or 10 weeks lockdown they they limited it some But so come October, November, all of a sudden, all the people who were afraid we might go backwards, which they didn't want. So everybody's got like double, triple the gigs. And so it's, people are doing like nine and 10 gigs a week, some of the musicians I know. And so it's a bit crazy, but it's good. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of gigs happening right now. And the, I think internally in the country, it's great. And that's why for us, we are trying to think of ways to incorporate the international the international community of music because we know so many artists. And so that's why we're trying to come up, like I'm producing a couple of other albums for other artists and writing some songs because we're trying to figure out how to bring work. I know within the arts, all my friends who are are musicians, who are actors, who are anybody with the entertainment are hurting really bad. So much is shut down. And so we're trying to come up with ways that we can hire people, you know, spread it around a little bit And, uh, and then also try to get help distribute, uh, projects for other friends that are in the industry that have new things. We have some really well-known musicians who are writing children's books right now because they don't know what else to do and they have kids. So we're like, Hey, let's get it here. Let's get it out there to the world.
0: Yeah. So, uh, how often are you, uh, do you go out and play or do shows?
1: Uh, right now I just, the last one I did was December 8th, I think. Uh, and then I, we took a little break. We, we were mad getting that album. We literally had to get that album and 13 accompanying videos, some were lyric videos done in eight weeks, uh, when we found out the opportunity. Ooh. So I did not sleep at all. Oh, and, um, so I've been taking a little break, so I'm just now coming back. So I probably will start gigging probably in the next couple of weeks. Gotcha.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I know the struggle of having to hit deadlines yep th- th- that's not lost on me at all oh i'm uh, sure i'm sure um so as far as um oh sorry I, for some reason i just looked up and you were looking at me i was like oh no did it freeze okay. yet? Yeah. Um, so when when you are in like kind of full swing how often do you uh get out and play It depend. To be honest with you, it depends on the project I'm doing. Sometimes it's great to do
1: weekly, like mm-hmm. once or twice weekly. Uh, when I'm producing other projects, then I can't do it as much uh, because my focus goes about. The project, like I like to get my music out there and get songs out Mm -hmm. and and get projects, but sometimes the projects, especially if it's something that we're filming, or whatever, it really takes my demand. So when I get a new project out, I like to really get out there before, just to get the stuff going, and then afterwards follow up with it. Uh, But then I I always try to stack my projects to where, okay, I need to be out here with this. And now, okay, it's, it's kind of had a little arc and then I'll stack the other projects that aren't necessarily me singing, uh, where I'll be playing, I'll be doing the keys or the, the organ, the B3 or, or whatever, or I'll just be producing or songwriting. So I try to do those. Like it's kind of like I try to schedule myself accordingly yeah. so that then I start singing again more to get my chops, keeping them up, yeah. uh, uh, to go out and start gigging again. So.
0: Right. What's your opinion on, a? Uh vinyl is vinyl starting to make or making a big comeback in new zealand or is it well,
1: yes it's starting here you know new zealand is usually a few years behind mm-hmm. uh the rest of the world but i know vinyl has been huge there but there are so many great music connoisseurs here and it's, believe it or not there's grammy grammy award-winning jazz musicians here that's really surprising some of the musicians that are here so vinyl is making a comeback here um, mostly right now, it's all digital. Okay. Because it, it, since it's smaller and it's a smaller country, a lot of people' houses are smaller. It's it's usually people keep less less stuff, which yeah. is not a bad thing. And so, digital is really big. Spotify is huge here, but digital downloads are the, are the big way to go. But it's, you get your connoisseurs here who love to collect vintage cars. Well, it's the same thing with music. There are the connoisseurs that are really getting into vinyl. Yeah. So we, we really debated whether to, to do a vinyl press or the Christmas uh, yeah. CD. But because it's actually been having a really good uh, run so far and it's been received really well, I think we are going to, especially for next season, uh, do a, a vinyl press.
0: Nice. That's something that I've recently just started getting back into is vinyl really the, uh, any independent show i go to if they if i have to have the option to choose between vinyl or cd nine times out of ten as long as i'm not like flat broke or something i will go ahead and buy the vinyl um just because it's just a piece of artwork even like i mean i have a way to listen to it but it's a piece of art and i just kind of want it in my collection so.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm the same way. And I'll be honest with you. I love the sound of vinyl. I yeah. love the, the noise on it. I love the, the way the needle sounds. I've always loved it. And that's what I grew up with. My parents, yeah. we hardly ever had the radio on. Yeah. Like we would listen to the radio in the car or wherever, but at home, my parents always had the record player on. And so everything was vinyl. And if we really loved something, they let us like, you know, our allowance or whatever money we got for birthdays. That's yeah. what we would do. We'd go buy albums. Like, so we had everything from Foreigner to uh, Bay City Rollers to you name it, old school. Nice. And uh, but then then again, all the even what my parents love, big Elvis and Johnny Cash household. So
0: gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then as far as like your acting and stuff, are you do you still get out and act regularly or is it just kind of something
1: it's. Yes, again, that was that was put on hold in a big way. I, mm-hmm. I went in and did a little bit of stuff on Avatar with James Cameron here. And then a couple of years ago, uh, Netflix was filming Roman Empire. Okay. And so I was hired to do a small little feature role on that on the, the last season that's on Netflix right now. So they had, with COVID, there were a lot of films that was supposed to be doing a film and it was postponed because a lot of the team was coming from the States and Europe. So that right now has been, it's starting to pick up here. Everyone wants to come here, but the problem is getting everyone here yeah. uh, from from overseas. And so that's <laughs> the big thing that's that's so I, it's picking up. So
0: yeah. I, I've been doing, I was some reading that there are a lot of industries that are at least temporarily coming over to New Zealand and Australia, just because once you get through that two week quarantine, it's pretty much business as usual.
1: Yep. It is business as usual. And so that's what everybody's setting up. So you had, you had the avatar crew, you have a couple BBC crews. Um, there's a couple films now here in Welly uh, cause I'm up in Welly right now. Mm-hmm. And the, um, Wellington and but there's some films that are starting some big budget Hollywood films sure. that are starting and but it's busy it's just getting everyone here yeah and 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 so everyone is here you're usually here I think for about six to eight months mm-hmm. and, and they take everybody out so it's just getting the process to get everyone here
0: yeah uh, yeah I have a few friends that live out in LA that do film work and I'm kind of surprised that they haven't ended up over in New Zealand yet a lot of people are trying, I'm yeah. not kidding. I, I know so many people that are trying, but the uh, immigration
1: is trying to keep it at bay so that yeah. they don't bring in too much yeah. COVID. And so they it's really tough. You'd be surprised it's tougher than what you think. Yeah. So it's just getting here. I am working on a, I'm a pre-production on a few projects. There's a couple of films, but then also working, uh, building a, possibly another studio in oh, New Zealand and down on the South Island. Nice. And so that's one of the things I can't talk too much about. But yeah, yeah so new. working with them with all the newest technology.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, So sounds like everything's going really well in New Zealand. You know, it's it, it's been a while since I've had somebody from New Zealand on the podcast. Like early on during the pandemic, while everybody was like in lockdown, didn't have much else to do, it seemed mm-hmm. like once a week we had like two or three people from auckland or you know wellington whatever um and then as they you guys started to open back up and went back to life as normal it was just kind of like oh hey uh yeah we'll try and get it scheduled but two o'clock in the afternoon on a tuesday isn't quite easy for everybody
1: it's it's interesting it's interesting here so you have a group of people that that's what they do but in new zealand because the the gigs and the work wasn't always that you know, much plenty it didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. uh, opportunities that a lot of people work other jobs and then they do music on the side yeah. so a lot of pro musicians teach they teach at the music schools or the universities here but um right now once everything opened up it was like a backlog and i think that's why gotcha but, no but I, i'll hook you up if you want you just let me know i'll get some really killer musicians
0: for you on awesome. on here Awesome. Yeah. We we will definitely remain in contact about that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then outside of music, outside of film, outside of the entertainment business, what, what's kind of your thing? What, what's your hobby?
1: Well, I have a lot. I love horseback riding, being a Kentucky, you know, a Louisville boy, even though it's Southern Indiana. Um, I, I still work with rescues. Having grown up on a farm, the, I'm big into animal rescue. When I was in the States, I worked with a lot of different rescue groups. And so I would, you know, catch all the feral cats and get them spayed and neutered and then trap and put them back. And, mm-hmm. but I work with a lot of animal rescues here. And um, the other thing is I, my biggest thing is charities. And if I can, my, my, one of my, my older sister who passed away a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. surprisingly and suddenly, uh, she was mentally handicapped. So I've been very big into Special Olympics in my life. I've always worked and volunteered with them, and gotten celebrities involved and and so I'm. That's one of the things I'm trying to do. It's my way of giving back. All my greatest mentors with music and the arts, mm-hmm. I would I would always say, how can I pay you back? And they'd say, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And I believe that both artistically and you know, as a community member, how can I give it back? And so that's, those are my hobbies. Um, you know, it's funny you brought up comic books. I collect yeah. comic books. I'm a big Thanks. comic book fan. So, but yeah, so right now I'm just excited because we can actually create and there's a demand for it right now. So I'm creating a lot right now, which makes me a very happy man.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Two things I want to touch on before we uh, wrap this up. Um, first, there's been a feral cat living in my backyard and like I live in front of a dried out riverbed mm-hmm. and I've been trying to go get this feral cat to go take it to a non-kill shelter. Cause I know if I call the city, well, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going to happen to the cat, but because she lives down in a dry riverbed, she won't come up and I'm not going to go ch- running down into a dry riverbed because a, I have cerebral palsy. So it's yeah, it, that, that's not going to quite work going down into a dry riverbed. And B, I don't know what's down there. So it's one of those things.
1: You know what? Let me let me make some calls. I'll actually make some calls for you to find out who's close enough or they're in Waco that will actually set it up for you because there are groups all over. And right now, since a lot of people can't go out as long as they can get the volunteers, they're actually really good because they don't have to worry about other people, you know, getting in the way or causing a problem. But let me let me do some research and see okay. what we can do to find people to find you because I love you for that. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things like I, I'll, she'll come out, I'll see her like, I'm assuming it's a her, but you know, it's, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, I see her about once every other week, like just when I walk out, you know, going out to my car or whatever. I'll look down and I'll see her. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, you know, it, I just feel bad because she's just always down there. And it's like, yo, are you like, do you belong to somebody or do you, you know, it's just one of those things. Is she stuck down there or is that just where she's living? That That's just where I always see her is down in the riverbed. Yeah. She probably right. feels safe.
1: Like, yeah. to be honest with you, she might've belonged to someone and that's where she feels safe and protected because she's by herself. Yeah. Usually when you see cats that are by themselves, they've been either attacked or they're very afraid. And so mm-hmm. cats that have gotten out or run away, especially with 4th of July yeah. the fireworks are terrible that's for animals. True. And so that's what happens. So it's just having somebody with the right trap down there and getting the right food. Like, you know, I always tell people to do salmon, but yeah. the um, fresh salmon, but
0: yeah, and it's just getting her trapped and then getting her checked out. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So being that you are from Southern Indiana, the Midwest, so to speak, and now that you live yep. in New Zealand, what's one thing you miss about living in the Midwest that you can't get in New Zealand?
1: Um I miss cornhole. They don't have it here. I could okay. build it. But the, uh, my family loves that. It was something, you know, that they love. and so when I, but, you,
0: you, don't, you don't watch the cornhole championships on. No, East? I
1: haven't. I, I've got to, but I, it's, it sounds silly. Um, but I mean, I grew up with horseshoes and, and then cornhole and everything like that, but, um, I can get, you know, I can get, my friend is, uh, one of my dearest friends and stickler is, uh, a, a, Company member with Brown Foreman. so I can still get my Jack Daniels. <laughs> that I'm a, a whiskey boy, but the um, but th- to be honest with you, the biggest thing I miss is is my loved ones, my tribe. You know, whether it's my family or friends, I just I miss my tribe. It, that's the one thing about when you move uh, away, and so it's great that we have Zoom and Skype and all these other things. But I miss just being around and laughing and um, creating life. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Yep. I, I completely get it. I'm only a thousand miles away from my family. And so I can only imagine what being on the other side of the world feels like.
1: Yeah. So. My nieces and nephews love to crawl on top of of uh, me. So it's uh, you can't replace that. So,
0: Absolutely. So where can everybody find you online if they want
1: to know what you're you, doing? Kian Miller, K-E-H-A-N-M-I-L-L-E-R.com. I'm at Kian Miller on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Blue Iris, which Iris is Latin for copper air. It's A-E-R-I-S. So blueiris.com is where the album is and upcoming, we're going to be uploading some upcoming projects in the next two weeks, but those are, those are the places to find me right now, the quickest. And thank you for that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for, uh joining me and uh coming on i really appreciate it thank you for sticking through all the political craziness going on here in the states and then yesterday six and a half inches of snow i never like i everybody was like oh we're gonna get snow and i'm like okay cool like yeah and then i found out that no one knows how to drive in snow like i i was getting ready to go out and i saw one guy trying to go up the um go up the driveway in my apartment complex and he's sitting there just spinning his tires and i'm like yeah i don't need to go out that bad i'm gonna just stay right here i ain't moving so it's
1: like when it rained the first time when i moved to la um the first time it rained people did not know how and one of the news stations literally the reporter had the microphone listened to the rain because it was like flooding so they had the microphone down by the water i'm like you you dummy what are you doing
0: Yeah. yeah yeah it is it's always a trip when you move somewhere new and they're not used to something that you it feels like you brought to them because it just seems to follow you and it's just like oh, okay fine well we'll call you we'll call you the snow miser isn't that the one from that uh old
1: the old oh yeah, yeah. um heat miser cold miser whatever it is uh
0: some something oh i can't think of the name of the movie now but yes
1: like it's a so year awesome. without a Santa Claus or, Rudolph yeah, so, or whatever it is. One of those things, those yeah. little claimation things.
0: Yep. Yep. That's it. But once again, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later.
1: Thank you. Okay.